0: Have archaeologists found Atlantis? Do they study dinosaurs? What's a typical excavation day on site? Leonora, a freelance archaeologist, is fulfilling her passion, combining it with a full-time job. According to her, passion, sense of adventure and open-mindedness are the essential traits of an archaeologist. Hi Leonora, welcome to my podcast. So tell me, what do you do and where are you right now?
1: I'm on an excavation in the island of Pantelleria. It's an island from Sicily, and we're here with the University of Tübingen, a German excavation to excavate the acropolis of the city.
0: Pantelleria is where exactly?
1: Pantelleria is in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. It's uh, between Tunisia and Sicily. So tell me, you are, uh, are you a full-time
0: archaeologist?
1: No, not really. Actually, I have done my, my studies in archaeology. I have finished a master in classical archaeology, but unfortunately, it is difficult to leave of this profession, and I'm doing also another job in between.
0: There's a very nice expression in French, it's you know, job alimentaire.
1: Exactly it's really that it's a job alimentaire that i have uh, in between and when i can uh, do excavation i leave it directly
0: <laughs> so how do you get gigs in archaeology since you have a full time job elsewhere
1: when i got my job i already explained to them that uh, i still want to do archaeology and to practice my my profession for what i have studied And they were okay, so I have to take every time of permission when I have been accepted to another mission of excavation that are abroad, abroad Switzerland.
0: So you are actually free to take on some projects like this one, right?
1: Yeah, actually, I'm like a freelancer archaeologist <laughs> and independent. So uh, when I'm free and when I can get some more vacations, I do, I do directly archaeology and some excavation with different projects from universities from all over uh, Europe and, and the world.
0: The work of an archaeologist, is it a work that requires studies or can you just become an archaeologist like this without having a, a previous uh, academic background?
1: You have to do studies, you have to do a bachelor's degree after master, where you get specialized in one period. For example, you can be an Egyptologist, you can be a classical archaeologist like like I am, or study prehistorical studies. And after you get also specialized in one subject, if you want to go farther. So, for example, you have the ceramics, you have the bronze uh, materials, you have the glass materials and uh, like sanctuaries and all that stuff. So you can get specialized in one in one topic. When you say master,
0: is that the three plus two?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's uh, the, uh, the Bologna system of uh, three plus two.
0: So you do five years of studies after high school and then you become a an archaeologist for fledged. Yeah, exactly.
1: For me, it was uh, the University of Fribourg for three years, and then the University of Geneva, where I got specialized in classical archaeology.
0: Great. And then, can you practice anywhere in the world?
1: Well, it depends of what you are specialist. Because uh, as I'm in classical archaeology, it's more the Roman and Greek period. I can still do, for example, so some excavation. I don't know for Inca or Maya my uh, studies, but I won't be a specialist, so I won't recognize the materials and how the excavation is going. So you still have to stay in what subject and topic uh,
0: you have chosen. If you could choose the best university to study your line of uh, archaeology, what would you choose?
1: Well, I cannot, I cannot really choose a university like this. The most famous universities are the, the English ones for, for everything, but still they don't have too much practice. So I have worked with uh, Oxford and I saw that the students are really good prepared in theory, but they don't know that much excavation and field work. So it depends really what the person wants to continue. So maybe only studies or field work. So there are also two subjects different um, in the domain.
0: You were telling me that you studied in uh, Fribourg in Switzerland, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I have done my bachelor in Fribourg in Switzerland. Unfortunately, now as a student, you cannot apply anymore only in archaeology. It's art history. Ten years ago, actually, it's passing really fast. We could still do that.
0: Okay, so now now it's not archaeology as such anymore. It's a broader subject.
1: It's art history, and if you want to do archaeology, you have to do it with the University
0: of Neuchatel. Okay, I see. That's great, and I believe we were talking about Italy because when I think, of, well, I'm Italian, so I'm a little bit biased. But when we think of archaeology and excavations, we have really in Italy there's there's a lot of good universities. There, is there some in particular that you know of or that? You think that an archaeologist uh, could or should attend?
1: Italy has a, a really great excavation to do. There are a lot of sites that we don't, they're not really good promoted, but uh, they are still really great to excavate and there are a lot of stuff to, to find. For me, I have participated with the University of uh, Perugia, University of Macerata, University of Messina with Oxford and the uh, university or Tor Vergata Italy. And all the professors were really great. So it depends really on the professor that is working on that field. So they can, they can do something more. But I cannot choose one university in particular because archaeology, as I said, is more the professors and their passion that are leading,
0: leading the field. I see. So it's a university that chooses you in a way.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so like this, you can do, you can continue and do more excavation and projects with, uh, with that person at that university.
0: And you were saying that there, there is, a, for instance, in, in, um, in the UK, there's a lot of theory, but little practice. So what is the practice for you? Like, what is the best practice? And for instance, what do you do right now in the excavation site?
1: When you are in excavation site, there is uh, normally it goes from two weeks until two months, not more because there are a lot of materials that are going out. And then we have to study all those materials and all the findings that we have that takes also time after the excavation. So now we're doing all the field work that we can. And after the other part of the year, the other students and professors will do the study of all the materials that we have found. And actually, we're excavating on a commission. It's uh, the communal assembly of the city. So it's a building that is uh, half circular, that has many phases. So now we're trying to get how it was constructed and when it was used and all that stuff, because a lot of construction in this Acropolis are dating from the Punic time. And uh, then the Romans have came and made some other buildings.
0: Amazing. I'm thinking about what you're saying, and I, I can picture the life of those communities back then.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so when we are on the excavation, it's, it's the same for us because we are living the moment. We're living the time that the other people have been there and have done such other things. So to to think about the monument that we have and the building and then after to think that people has walked there, has talked there, has, has made decisions in that place and we discover it again.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. Is there a moment that you can think of in, in your life that you knew you wanted to become an archaeologist?
1: Yeah, there there is. A, I have loved to do archaeology since I was a little girl <laughs> it was it was more because of mythology of Greek mythology I was I was really interested in all that history and all that that crazy things that people were believing it and magical so that that interested me so how the they believed in the gods how they were attributing them and how they were
0: praying them actually wow amazing and did you choose because of course University happens when you're 18, 19, 17, right? Around that time. What did you choose before then? Like what was your high school study?
1: I was in human
0: sciences. So you were kind of already preparing yourself to, to, to that path.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the the, yeah, people, a lot of people would have chosen the natural sciences. But me, I knew already knew that I wanted to do archaeology, and I chose the the subject of human sciences.
0: And what is the kick that you get out of archaeology? Let's say if you could pick one thing that makes you most excited about this job.
1: Well, actually, it's the discovery. Because we're with all the discoveries that we are making, we are creating all the history. Once again, so that is the most important part.
0: That's so fascinating because we usually think of the future, right? And then uh, that you said, we're creating the history. It's, It's very beautiful. Yeah, yeah, because it's
1: like, it's like the criminals, uh, the police criminals, so they are finding new, new stuff to create the, the, the history, how it's going on. And it's the same for us. We're taking new, new elements that could bring us how it was the life and how it was the culture and how those people
0: lived. Do you think there are sites in the world that are still unexplored? Yeah, yeah, a lot. What people
1: ask usually us is how we find those places. There are a lot of texts that can bring us to those uh, texts that uh, ancient um, ancient historians have written about it. We have also sites that we have discovered because we we knew that there is stuff there because it was visible. And there are still stuff that we find (laughs) without knowing what it is and where it is. And uh, that's, that's a beautiful part. So yes, there, there are a lot of sites that are underneath our feet that we still don't know that they are there.
0: How does an excavation start? So like, uh, what's, the, what's the path to an excavation moment?
1: So actually for the excavation moment, uh, there are the professors that are leading um, the field. There is a director of the field. They are making a project. So what will be the aim of that project, so to find the monument, or for example, to find the the limits of the city, to find the walls of the city, or to find just uh, the center of the city, or something like this. So they they find the aim, they make the project, and then you can apply as
0: a student to participate to those excavation. And when you say, for instance, uh, let's let's suppose that there is an Atlantis somewhere there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah is also a beautiful legend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a legend, right? So what's the legend of Atlantis and why aren't people excavating to find it? <laughs> or are there?
1: Well, actually, it was one of the ancient philosophers that has written about Atlantis, but we still don't know if it's a real history that he has written and taken from the the other ancient people or is just a story that he has made up. And he's talking about this city because it was really evaluated and uh, democratized before Greece. So that's why it's people still believe that can find Atlantis because of that importance that it was more developed for other cities. But uh, there have been a lot of theories where they can find it. And uh, no one until now has really made it sure where it is. But some people think it's the island of Santorini. Ah, okay. Yeah, there is a theory about that. But some others think that it um, normally it should be near the between Spain uh, and the call of Gibraltar.
0: So interesting. So it's underwater. Is that, is that a given?
1: If we are reading the text, it is talked that uh, it's underneath the water because it Uh, There have been a volcano that made a tsunami and uh, that put all the city underneath.
0: Ah, Okay. Talking about legends and myths, is there another myth about archaeology?
1: Yes there is one and it's really really funny actually because people always mix the archaeologists with paleont anthropologists and they are always asking us uh, if we are digging uh, dinosaurs <laughs> and that's a funny part because people when they think about archaeology they think directly of us yeah excavating or in Egypt people ask us uh, have you ever been to Egypt or uh, have you found dinosaurs and actually archaeologists doesn't excavate dinosaurs is the paleoanthropologists that do that, but people always always ask that question.
0: Do you have a fun anecdote about the work of an archaeologist or something that you have personally experienced?
1: Well, I have made many experiences uh, as in Switzerland, in Albania and also Italy. It's always fun, for example, when we see tourists coming to the site and to present them, and uh, yeah, also that we can Transfer them our passion because, for example, when they come to the site, they don't understand everything and they are like, OK, there are only stones <laughs> and we have to make everything so they can understand how was this building, for example, and how people lived and how it was uh, in that time.
0: Do you have a typical work day, excavating on a site?
1: Yeah, for example, uh, here in Pantelleria, we start our job really early at seven o'clock until five in the afternoon. And uh, we go directly to the site. For example, we're excavating layers by layers because we cannot only dig. We have to do documentation, we make photography, then we take the heights of what we have excavated. And also another part is a laboratory where we are cleaning all the discoveries all the materials uh, study them and uh, drawing them so there 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 are a lot to do
0: you said that you're taking two months of work how does it work with your um, employer well i had to
1: take unpaid vacation for one period and the other period uh, is my holidays so I don't take holidays to go to the beach or to do something else, but I'm always taking them to, to do my excavation. And I always say to people, it's a passion like it could be for, for a painter, paintings and photography for a photographer. Maybe I cannot live about with this, but uh, I still want to do what I love.
0: That's very inspiring. That's for sure thinking about your experience in in archaeology which has been now what uh, about a decade you say yeah huh? about 10 yeah, years yeah yeah
1: about 10 years yeah
0: okay what well, would you say that the character type is best suited for this job
1: i would say adventure type and open minded because uh, we are in different countries with different cultures with different uh, languages and we are not in the center of the city so sometimes we are in the middle of nowhere and we have to adapt, adapt ourselves to where we are. And also, like I said, adventure people, because we don't have all the accommodation stuff with hotels, with uh, food. So we have still <laughs> to live, for example, like here we are in a school, we are 20 people. We have to cook uh, by, by ourselves. We have to, to live together. And um, yeah, there are some conditions that we don't have. We don't have the looks of other people.
0: Oh, okay, okay, I see. What do you plan to do next?
1: Well, actually, next I have already a plan. I'm planning to go to Sardinia. There is another excavation in the archaeological site of Nora. It's a Punic site after it took a Phoenicia, Punic Phoenician site and after it was taken by the Romans and uh, there it will be also a discovery for me because it will be the first time that I'm going to work to that side.
0: You talking about Phoenicians, it makes me think of all the gone civilizations uh, that used to thrive, uh, you know, hundreds and thousands of years ago. Which one would you have loved to know if, if there was one still present on our, on our planet?
1: Wow, it's a, it's a difficult question. <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I, cannot, uh, I cannot really answer one culture because there are so many that I have left a lot. We can start from Mesopotamia uh, after go by the Greece with those great uh, temples and uh, with their colonies after the Romans have made uh, the big empire and uh, also Carthage that was completely destroyed. And I'm still for- forgetting some of the cultures that have been uh, destroyed or that has disappeared. But they left a lot. And that means a lot for us, actually, that we are, we are working today for that.
0: Do you think we, um, our present civilization learns from the past?
1: Not really. <laughs> Not really. As I see, sometimes we make still the, the same mistakes. Even though now we have the technology, we have a lot of things that can provide us the knowledge to not do some of the mistakes we're still making them. Hmm. Destroying some cultures, making wars, one that are more powerful than the others. So like this is always, it's always moving. But uh, what is important is what are we going to leave? And uh, that's why I'm telling that for the moment, I don't think that we have learned something great about (laughs) the past civilizations that we, we have to prepare a future.
0: Yeah, I completely see your point. And which brings me to the next question. What would you like the past to teach us, let's say, you're discovering things, you said that you're creating the history, you're re- recreating the history, like you're backtracking and uh, reproducing what used to be. What would you like that to to have, uh, which effect on, on our present and future?
1: There are many things that we can learn from, from the past. I think the The way of living, it's still the same. We're still cooking, eating, working, uh, doing wars, doing peace. And uh, we haven't changed that much. That's why I said that we haven't learned from the past. Those people didn't have any technology or any electricity or any techniques, but they they used to do a lot. And they have left us a lot of knowledge that now we are still using and it's still it's still true what they have discovered. So we have to think about that for example, why now with all this technology we can do we cannot do as much as they did in that uh, ancient time.
0: What advice would you give to someone who wants to enter this line of work? Like where to start, how, and how to fill that bridge between passion and Profession or like something that gives you a living.
1: First of all, like you said, it must be a passion because otherwise you cannot you cannot do field work. You cannot have imagination for all that stuff that uh, that we are digging and creating the past. But also to accept the fact that it's not easy to find a job. There are not many places in Switzerland or other countries. It's really difficult uh, to find a job. And I will say especially for women because there are a lot of Field director that are men, and then you see all the girls are excavating actually and doing um, all the other field work. And this is of so difficult to know, but it must be a passion and to be prepared that maybe we cannot live uh, live of that, but do something uh, do something else apart that we can use it as a job and after to to leave archaeology as a passion.
0: Thank you for sharing your experience. It's very inspiring and I hope it will inspire lots of people who are listening. I will see you when you're back.
1: Yeah, sure, sure. We can meet again and talk about all the questions that we haven't already talked.
0: And I invite those who are listening to contact me and ask questions for Leonora. I learned today that you can pursue your archaeology ambitions even if you don't do it as a full-time, bread-and-butter-like profession. Stay tuned for more interesting professions on Job Tales. Bye.